And a good day to you, sir. Is this your homework, Shannon? Big Lebowski mac and cheese, next. When your weekend's all spin up and Monday's coming down the pike, sometimes all you need is a little comfort to get you through to Monday. Mac and Cheese Movies, where we believe in comfort food and comfort movies. This is a very complicated case, Mon. Yo, audience, well out. Is this your homework, Larry? And I would like my undies back. A lot of strands to keep in my head, man. Hello, welcome to Mac and Cheese Movies. I'm Scotty Coppage. And she's throwing rocks tonight, Shannon Coppage. I don't roll on Sabbath. And they believe in nothing. Here for their second New Year's Eve show, <laughs> members of the Autobahn fan club, it's Jason and Sharon Bly. Hey. Hey, hey. We went bowling tonight um, in our robes. How, how did it go? Um, ropes are difficult to bowl in, not least of which is when you pull your arm back and then throw it out for release. It catches in your robe. That's what I noticed. It's hard. It did, hey, did what did someone say to us in the next lane about our robes? Well, they asked us, they said, why are you wearing those robes? And we said, well, it's like the Big Lebowski. And they looked at us, they said, what is that? And I said, well, it's a movie. It's older than you are, probably. We, we don't know how old this person was, but we don't. I mean, they're probably not 38, 39. Um, when Shannon and I saw The Big Lebowski in 2014 at Cinemark, a classic series, we were wearing our robes. And like as an employee there said, is it robe night? Um <laughs> Like, that's a real thing that happens. <laughs> well, and there was a, you know, I won't say any names, but definitely uh, when my a former student of mine from last semester came up to shake my hand and was just kind of looking at us like, why are they all in robes? <laughs> it's just like hard to, hard to be like, oh, hi. I also like, enjoyed... Oh, no. I also enjoyed how we kept our sunglasses on, like, almost the entire time. You yeah. know, we're wearing robes and sunglasses. Nobody I think that. And I was in I was in a white statement. t-shirt and shorts and. Yeah, Scotty definitely went above and beyond in his costuming. Yes, I think he was. You know, I I think if the only way that he could have made it better was to wear like, what are those little rubber shoes that you have? Crocs. Crocs. You could have worn your Crocs because he has jellies. There were no Crocs in '92, so I didn't want to wear them. What were you wearing, Scotty? Tennis shoes. Tennis shoes. He was wearing jellies. Yeah, well. You could have worn yeah, Crocs. I'm not super method. We were not sticking to the canon. What were our character? What were our names that we put on the board for the bowling board? Well, you were Walter. I was Walter, in honor of my father. I was Jesus. <laughs> I was Jeffrey. As in Jeffrey the Millionaire. Both. Yes. Either or. And what were you, Sharon? I was the stranger. And what did it say on the board after we entered our carefully thought out names? Was it Wall, Wall Jeff, Jeff, Jess, Jess? When I paid for our games, I said, and um, it, it was Walter and Jess. It was the two games for Walter and Jess. <laughs> But the the lady at the front desk got it. She asked uh, she asked who was the stranger who was it. She started laughing at us. So I, think she got it. I hope she I hope she gets it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. It was a little disappointing. You spend all that time entering in your name. You go, oh, I have all these spaces. And then it reduces it to nothing, just like life. <laughs> Who won in our two games? We played two games. What? Jeffrey did. Jeffrey won. <laughs> the millionaire. You know who lost all the games by a lot? It was Jesus. <laughs> Fun. Jesus was having Jesus a great was time. A great dance. <laughs> really Jesus has excellent dance moves. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, it was a blast. It was really fun. And then we came home, and for our comfort food tonight, we were making In N Out burgers and White Russians. Um, let me tell you how we made these the burgers In N Out. We did animal style, which is the secret menu. Um, for the hamburger, you do hamburger patties, do it on a skillet. You caramelize these onions beforehand, and then you put put the hamburger, put the patty on there, and then like squirt some mustard, some like nuclear yellow mustard, on there. And then when you flip it, you flip that with the mustard, and then it like makes this little crustiness. And then you put the cheese on there, and then you put the caramelized onions on the cheese, and then. In the animal style sauce, we had mayonnaise, we had ketchup, we had paprika. Shannon, what else do we have? Um, do you remember? Not particularly. Salt. Um, I was just wondering. Relish, if, some chili, some some relish. Oh, relish. Uh, nuclear mustard. That's like when, regular. That's not like a, I know. That's not like a fancy mustard. It makes me think of the nuclear family. I've never heard of nuclear mustard. That was on the that was on the cooking with Babish when they made the clone In and Out burgers and like Shake Shack burgers. They, they said, said nuclear they, they said, mustard. They said the nuclear mustard was like the best to use when grilling these burgers as opposed to like any other kind of mustard. Nuclear mustard. <laughs> <laughs> and then you put so you put animal style sauce on the buns, you toast the buns, and you put it on one side of the bun, and then put the hamburger patty and the caramelized onions and everything and it was it was a, tom- a slice of tomato a slice of iceberg lettuce i didn't like the iceberg lettuce and the tomato to tell you the truth you only took one bite but no one was shocked yeah it was a really tall burger it was a big <laughs> burger I, 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 had a, to, yeah. I had to take the tomato off <laughs> <laughs> Again, shot. <laughs> the tomato was fine. It was just that it couldn't fit into my mouth if I had the tomato Yeah. Sure. That was the reason, Jason. That was the reason you had to take that tomato off. We'll go along with that. We'll play along. So good burgers. It was good good burgers. It was, good. it was very good. People went back for seconds. Mm. And that everyone went back for seconds. All the burgers were eaten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did we make the white Russian, Shannon? Um, what did we use? Well, there was one part Kahlua, four parts vodka, and one part cream, whipping cream, heavy whipping cream, because we're fancy here. Then you put in some ice in a shaker? And- I put some ice in the shake. Well, technically, I put in the ice first, then the Kahlua, then the vodka, and then that and then i just like used an upside down knife and stirred it around because you don't want to shake that you definitely want to stir it 
and uh, poured them out. It made a ton because I used just one of the little measuring things. That was my one part. And it was like one part by four parts by one part. And that was so many white Russians. And that's why I fell asleep during the, the movie. The, <laughs> the math and cooking and like looking at this, like the fractions and one third of an ounce or two thirds of an ounce. Like I was like, what? I mean, it was like I was in that damn SAT earlier tonight when I was putting this together. It, it was like, it was talking about like one ounce, but you didn't have to go by that. It was just one part by four parts. So like, yeah, I just put a shot in for every part and that's why it made a ton. So was it over? Was it like overkill? You mean the amount of white Russians I made? I mean like the, um, I don't know. When I had a white Russian like 15 years ago, it felt like sweeter. It was, no, no, I think it was about the same. It was the way it needed to taste. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And Shannon did fall asleep during the movie. I didn't even know she'd be awake during the podcast. Yeah. I don't know if that's white Russian or just like work and sleep deprived, but. Or it was like 10 o'clock at night and I'm normally asleep by 930. On on New Year's Eve. Here we go. It's 1140 right now. Yeah. I'm like 100 right now. (laughs) I need my rest. (laughs) Okay. So the Big Lebowski. Let's do first taste. When did you first see the movie, and what is your relationship to it? Why is it a mac and cheese movie? Sharon, you, like, picked this movie yeah. for New Year's Eve. So tell us tell us why you decided to go uh, go with that with us. Uh, well, it, you gave a whole bunch of options on uh, something that is more for a holiday. And so, <laughs> sorry. Uh, so it was more for a holiday, um, New, Year's Day, New Year's Day. So it makes sense for Big Lebowski. But uh, I first saw it in undergrad, and I really enjoyed it. So a lot of, of the new movies that like certain people had seen before, I wasn't much of a movie buff until I got into undergrad and getting to see that along with a few other pop culture ones, mm-hmm. and, you know, cult classics. That was yeah. Quite amusing. I enjoyed it. How many times have you seen it since then? Uh, probably about three or four more yeah. times. Yeah. What about you, Jason? Um, I didn't see it in the theater, but I think the same experience I saw it during undergrad. And um, yeah, I... I <laughs> It's been a while since I watched it all the way through because I think in the past I've watched it once all the way through and then I'd sell it in clips like when it's on TV, but then I'd always pop in. It was on TV a lot, yeah. Yeah, like I'd always pop into the middle. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what are they doing now? And, and why is the windshield broken? And where are they driving? And, and who's trying to chase who? And so it was kind of refreshing to watch it from um, beginning all the way until the end so that I can, you know, repackage that. Yeah. Um, I did not see it in the theater, as I'm sure Scotty will soon tell us he did. But <laughs> I did see it. I think it was a few years. It wasn't. It it was only maybe a few years before Scotty and I saw it at the Cinemark Classics. I don't think I'd ever seen it all the way through. Um, but it's just like a fun movie. It's it's I, I don't know. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on. You're just kind of wondering what's happening. But it's a blast. I love I love the dude. I love the feeling that he brings to it. The innocence. The je ne sais quoi. <laughs> but, but yeah, no. So I probably just saw it on TV or rented it or something. But yeah. Hey, Scotty, did you see it in the theater? I saw it with my folks on opening night in the theater. Um, in, in an empty theater. Like, I mean, this was like kind of a box office flop. 
And the only people that kind of even knew this movie existed were like my best friend and like his brother. And we would just like quote it all the time to each other. And like, it's like even like my senior year in high school, which is like a year later, like maybe some theater kids like knew about the movie, but like, no, this was not like a mainstream movie at all. And it was like something that was our, so it was almost like it was our Bible. Like I directed a senior, uh, senior directed like one act play and like I used like Walter and the dude as like kind of reference for performances like how Walter's like flip when Walter's flipping out the dude is super calm and when the dude is flipping out Walter's like super calm and kind of like those dynamics and then like I like when I went to college and like some people like in my fraternity are like quoting the movie and I think I was kind of like I don't want this I want I want to be the person who like knows the movie and no one else does i didn't want these like people like i didn't want everyone i want it to be everybody's movie you know you didn't want it to belong to them that's right i think that's like, absolutely right uh, um, fun fact um walter the other day was talking about when scotty was my father yeah walter okay. scotty's father the other day when scotty was 50 minutes late to dinner um was talking about when Scotty was about seven, eight years old and he'd be talking about how he wanted to see this movie because the same director had directed this other movie that he loved. And I'm like, Scotty was such a little freak. <laughs> like an adorable, like an adorable little freak. <laughs> okay. I'll take it. Um, uh, oh, remember when we wore robes to Cinemark when we mm, saw it? Yeah. And uh, it wasn't, I don't feel like it was an employee. I feel like it was just some person that we were passing. And they were like, what, is it robe day? And we were like, yeah, yeah, it's robe day. Sure. So <laughs> we, ac- a- we actually got more questions from the one person we saw at Cinemark, I feel like, than we did at the bowling alley. So today. I guess I got what I wanted, where no one knows what the hell this movie is. Like, I mean, I feel like in my bubble, like, everyone knows about this movie and, like, references and everything. But, like, in the real world, I feel like they don't. The bowling alley showed us that that is not true. You feel like they would be more in on it than anybody if you're in a bowling alley. Well, I mean, though, a lot of the people that were around us were younger, so maybe it's just something that they didn't, they haven't seen yet, because undergrad for a lot of us was kind of the thing where we got to see cult classics, so maybe they haven't been initiated. I hope the kid in the t-shirt that said recess mode, um, I hope that he gets to see it soon. <laughs> that, like, had six bowling balls? He kept on walking past us with bowling balls. Every time. I mean, at least four or five times. He was adorable, and I don't even really like kids. How many bowling balls do you really need? I feel like they were full up. I think he was in training. He's just... He was training with the bowling balls. He was using it as like a weightlifting regimen. He got some endurance going on. He was quite small. Those bowling balls were giant compared to his body mass. There's like no movie like this. Is, is there any movie you think can com, that compares to this as far as like style and like tone and like would even be like a Lebowski knockoff? I feel like your mother would say that there are too many robes and not enough decorating. My mom said, my mom. That's what my mom said about Pulp Fiction. It's like, what do you think about Pulp Fiction? And she's like, oh, it was awful. Like the they were all wearing bathrobes. There wasn't any decorating. Like. I think there's there's a there's a number of movies that came out that had like this indie but not quality like Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs and and then 
Um, Snatch, I think you can. Oh, I love Snatch. Snatch is a good movie, and it, but it has this like crime element, but mm-hmm. it's dark humor and. Um, but but I think this one's different in that there's there's also like no resolution. Um, we find out what happens, but he doesn't come off like with a big bag of money, and he you know it doesn't have like a like a pure winner at the end. That's that, and that's a good point. Do you think does the plot matter in this movie to you? Does it matter? Does it make it a bad movie or a good movie? Like the fact that the plot is kind of does the plot matter? No, no, I, I, you know, at at the end of the day, you just kind of enjoy the personalities in the same room, you know. So I, I don't think you need to have like this epiphany or, or you know, absolutely, someone I, twist at the end. Absolutely, I don't think the plot really matters. I think the plot is only there to show us the characters. <laughs> the like the dude. I mean, like in every in every story you ever hear, you know, it's about like. The character changes. The main character has to change. Does the dude change? Oh, what do you think, Shane? Oh my gosh. Um... Donnie changes. Don- <laughs> <laughs> because he's dead. Donnie goes through the most big changes. Physically, Donnie is the most changed. I actually think Walter changes more. and, and Because he says right. that he's sorry at the end. And... That would never the, came out before him. Yeah, throughout, throughout the entire movie, he says, you know, like, he, he has this um, stubbornness to him. Um, but at the very end, he starts to realize that he's um, caused some pain, and, and he says he's sorry. But I don't think the dude changes. No, I feel like, you know, the amount of caring he did for other people was similar. So it's like, you know, how he grieved for Donnie and was upset about that, and then also for the girl he barely even knew, uh, Bunny. You know, and he felt responsible and to help, but um, I don't know if he changed much. I mean, it, I mean, I don't know. I didn't perceive that. What about you guys? I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, he does get a little more frustrated, but he he comes out the same. It's just kind of more how he is under stress, which we I, I don't know that we could really say that that was him changed. It was just him under stress if he he does though pick up on the vernacular in all the conversations that he's in like he's when he starts saying in the parlance of our times like and what what are the the dude the big the jeffrey lebowski was saying to him like he he does that kind of throughout the movie so that was maybe the the only thing where he's making the the change that we see but he is not actually changed He's just picking up new vocabulary. Do you think he was probably like the one character that adapted the best through all of this? Like, like you were saying, he was changing his vernacular. Mm-hmm. Do you think he was adapted? Because, like, yeah, I don't think Walter's really changing that much, and like, no one's really. I mean, I think, and and that's really cool about this story because every other movie we see, every book we read, like the main character, like. Mm-hmm has an arc, like, grows, and, like, if they don't, like, it isn't a good story. This is a great story without having to do that. Yeah, well, I think it's like you throw all these different, you know, again, personalities into a room, and then you see how they bounce off each other, but then if they were to affect each other too much, then they uh, they lose who they are, you know, and, and then at the end of the story, it's that the dude is still the dude. You know, so he's pretty much the guy in the beginning drinking the milk and the robe in the in the in the grocery store. Yeah. yeah. 
The milk. I love seeing the milk like caught in his mustache when he's checking out, you know? That's just very endearing and also a little hobo-y. The clear jellies. Oh, the clear jellies. Those are sexy. Is there a John Goodman role that's more iconic than this, that's better than this, like any, like anything? I don't feel prepared to answer that question. I'm going to need some ruminating time. I liked him in, um, it it probably not more iconic, but I really enjoyed him in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Um, oh, yeah. Also, Coen Brothers. Mm-hmm. Oh, Brother, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Is this your frog? These give you warts. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was great. That was a great character for but him. I, I think his most iconic or best known for. Or just, like, be, I mean, man. just like, I mean, he's just going at like a, he's throwing 99 mile an hour fastballs, like this whole movie, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. What's that one that he's in with Denzel where there's like the devil that like inhabits people? Oh, you can't yeah. act like Fallen is Fallen. anything compared to Walter Sobchak. Um, I think it's still a great movie and it's a great character that he's playing, especially since one of those characters is the devil. John Goodman's a good actor. He has a lot of good, memorable performances. I don't know if there's anything on par with this. And I don't think Fallen comes to the table on this. Okay, if you didn't want an answer, Scotty, maybe you shouldn't have asked the question. Well, maybe, like, I mean, there could... I liked him in the West Wing. I liked him in Monsters Inc. Monsters Inc. <laughs> yeah, like, Monsters Inc. is good. Monsters Inc. is iconic. And Chud. Chud. Oh, oh, thanks, Scotty. <laughs> Scotty says Monsters Inc. was iconic, but Fallen. Shannon, who, I can't who, believe you would say that. Who, who, who remembers Fallen? I do. I remember Fallen. Oh, I did, I Scotty. I did. Monsters Inc. And is I'm a gonna huge punch deal. you in the face. I want to see. Uh. As Walter in Arachnophobia. <laughs> oh, he's great in Arachnophobia too. He's he's like um, he steps on the spider and like the guy's like I steps on the spider. He's like, oh, do you have the spider? He's like, he like checks his shoe. Um, I love I love. He's great. John Goodman's great. But there's some actors who are exactly the same throughout every movie they play, but. Um, I like that he gives Walter that, you know, distinct freak out moment. That he There's no have. other, he doesn't do any other movie like that. No. And Steve Buscemi was actually probably the most normal character out of all of them. Yeah. Usually he's the one. And he's Mr. Is. Pink and he's in Fargo and uh, like all yes. these other things. Yeah. Billy Armageddon. Madison. Yeah. Putting the lipstick. <laughs> Billy Madison. I'm glad I called that guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, boy. So didn't this movie flop? It did. Yeah, but it made like forty million on DVD. It, DVD was such a huge part of like the Hollywood system, and they've been had a hard time like stringing that money back. Like since you know, that's just like over. I don't. That's why we. That's why people are going more into TV now, right? You know, you're not going to get that money back on DVD like you did. Yeah, so that's what the, they're trying to put all the money into the streaming and everything. Yeah, and international. That's what you know. That's what they're doing now. It's like we want to make all this money in China. We want to make all this money. Like, yeah. However, we do keep buying digital. Um, I feel like I feel like it's Men in Black when he's like, oh, I'm gonna have to buy the white album again. You know, I keep on buying, even though I have it on DVD. 
I don't want to go looking for it in the thing in the like book of DVDs that we have. So I'm just like, I'm just it's it's just like six dollars. I'm just gonna buy it. I'm gonna watch it again. That way I don't have to get up from the couch. That's where I've progressed to. I'm so lazy. I don't even want to go looking for the DVD that is like five feet from me. The end. <laughs> so Joel and Ethan Cohen were working on two scripts, Fargo and The Big Lebowski. <laughs> they got to make Fargo first and it like won these Oscars, big hit. After that, the Cohen said, if a movie like Fargo succeeds, then clearly nothing makes sense. You might as well make whatever kind of movie you want and hope for the best. So they made so they made this like kind of quirky, weird movie. And you know, even if it wasn't a success at the box office, I mean it is an all-timer right here. I think it'd be hard to make a movie like this now because um, there's such a push for either far indie movies or um, and those that show up on streaming and then those that are like blockbusters. And like IP. and I mean, yeah. honestly, I mean, you could make the opposite argument that it would be far easier to make a movie like that now because you have so many more places to have it, you know, like Netflix or Amazon or something like that that – you know, the Coen brothers, it's like, hey, yeah, y'all were super successful in this movie. Why don't we just give you a bunch of money and do whatever you want? <laughs> I mean, they did do a Netflix movie. They did do Ballad of Buster Scruggs, which I didn't see. but Yeah, but I think that's the thing is like this I, this I know about, um, maybe because it doesn't get lost in that wash of all the other streaming that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that it actually made it on a DVD, and that's where it became popular. It's a little bit different. That's true, but I think that is also more the time period than anything else because we just have so much more coming out all the time now. So, I mean, it, it's it's kind of like that. It's for TV, for movies, for everything now. So we can't really say that it's just movies like that. And it's that I, I think it would be rarer now for anybody else that you're talking to or for everybody else to know what you're talking about. There's just going to be a smaller subsect, no matter what you're talking about, movies, TV, whatever, that people are going to know what you're talking about because there's just a huge amount out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Coen brothers are very meticulous and know exactly what they want to do. And so it's like two directors, they don't fight like on set. There aren't any rewrites. Like they're really good with their money and like running a tight ship. That's why they're able to like make movies like The Big Lebowski. And there's like one only like one scene where like they kind of had like a different idea about something and they're just like, I don't know. We'll just shoot it both ways and see how it goes. And, like that's they're just like they're locked in on like how they want to do, which is like Incredible! I can't even imagine doing something with another person and being like that, like locked in together. I can't imagine doing this podcast and being super locked in. <laughs> Word. Do you know? Do you know the scene that you're talking about that they filmed? It's twice? it's when um, it's during like the acid flashback when the dude is like in the like sliding in the in the bowling alley. And the girls, he's, like, looking at the girls' skirts. And there was, like, one, it was, like, well, let's have him just, like, look to the left on this. And it was, like, well, let's just have him look at this. And, like, um, like she's, like, looking at the girls' skirts. And that, that's it. I mean, it's, like, this, like, tiny, insignificant difference. That was, like, the only thing. How do you feel about the way it shut up? Uh, me? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, 
I wouldn't say, you know, he's <laughs> the most noble character, in a sense, but, um, yeah, just, uh, is what it is. It is what it is, yeah. Are you saying the dude is not the most noble character? He had a little bit of voyeurism to him. He's pretty innocent, though. Even with all of that, he has, he retains this, like, you feel this innocence coming off of him, you know? Even when he's just like, hey, come on, man, you know? Like, not the rug or whatever, you know? Like, like he's, ex- he's giving Marty notes, like, on his cycle. He's expecting he's expecting other people to be like as cool with everything as he is. Like, hey, I don't know what you're talking about. Just, you know, be cool. And he's innocent like that because his actual expectations are that they will be cool, you know? <laughs> I just he really does. He feels very innocent. So Philip Seymour Hoffman is in this, is Brant. Um you know, before this, he was in Sin of a Woman. He's in Twister. He's in, like... And then he becomes this big, huge actor, you know, in the 21st century. I mean, it's like... I mean, what do we think about Philip Spielman Hoffman here in this film? I miss him. Uh, I, I really liked him. He's making these faces that, if you don't know to watch him, then you kind of miss some of the humor, you know, that he's capable of. Um, because you want to watch who's talking, but... I kind of, I, you know, while Lebowski was talking, I was um, finding myself drifting off and watching his reactions to others', others conversations. Oh, yeah. He's like, yeah, oh, he's Bunny like, is a yeah, free spirit. Yeah. We all love her. Like, yeah, because yeah. some, some of his, like, you know, facial expressions were better than the actual conversation going on. They looked at Charlize Theron for the part of Bunny instead of Tara Reid. Actually... I could really see that. I could really see that. I think she would have been great. Yeah. What happens with Bunny when she's driving and we get a close-up of her feet? It looks like her toenails are painted, but we don't really... I don't see that fifth toenail. So, I, But then the other girl, we see her toe is cut off. Do you notice that? What is that? Oh, uh, what... Well... <laughs> no, I, I the pan. I saw all the toes. I was thinking that then maybe she, she was. Uh, she, she's not Tara Reid's character. Bunny isn't in on it, but like somehow the Audubon. Yeah, like it, like it, the girl is Amy Mann, the singer. FYI. Oh, that's Amy oh. Mann. Yeah. So Flea, so Flea is in Audubon, and then the girl is Amy Mann. Yeah. So two of the four in Audubon are actually musicians. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you could definitely tell that was Flea. Uh Which dream sequence slash acid flashback is your favorite? The carpet ride or the like bowling um, where he sees like Saddam Hussein and everything? Oh, I like the I don't know. I, I like the the bowling one. I think it has um, mm-hmm. just more going on. I love it. I love the song in it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the I bowling also like as well. That when when it enters in, it's got this strange kind of um, hallway. Like he feels very small in that place, and I don't know if it's a cinematic effect or if that's a real set. You know, probably a mix of both because like the shadows, they feel like they're um, not of this world. You know, because there's some special effects where they announce themselves. But that one, when it when I when it comes on the screen, is like, 
it feels both real but also strange at the same time. Yeah. I like that one. Just like an acid trip. Like I know what I'm talking about. I, w- I wish I could have an acid trip like that. Like I don't do acid or anything like that because I feel like I would see demons for three days. <clears throat> I, w- I feel like that would be the trip that would make us like crazy for the rest of our lives, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. The Lebowski one or the demon one? Just like any sort of acid trip just ever, you know? Like now, now we're going to be crazy forever because we chose to do that one time. Yeah. It happens. It happens. Why would they leave the briefcase in the car? Because they're idiots. Right. Yeah. Because they're idiots. They took everything else into, I mean, like, like he brings the, it like, like his freaking dog. And the and phone that's like ringing. And, the phone yeah. that's ringing. I mean, not in this instance, but he brings his dog or his ex-wife's dog or something. This is an effing show dog with papers. With papers. <laughs> he gets lets, upset. lets him out, running around. It's not going to buy you a beer. It's not taking your effing turn, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but they leave the briefcase supposedly full of money in the car. That's that, They're just idiots. They're idiots. It's new right now. As it's twelve oh two on this computer. We did it. Twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. Shannon, you made it. I, well, sort of. I fell asleep first. <laughs> I needed a little nap. <laughs> Shannon, what do you think about Maud as a female character? I really like her. I really like her, and especially. I mean, when was this made? Like ninety eight. Ninety eight. She's a fantastic character. Um, I love, I love how the dude, like, just kind of reacts to all of that, you know, like, she's like, make love with me. <laughs> and, and then she's afterwards, it's like telling him she's wanting to get pregnant. What is that, yoga? What is that, yoga? Yeah, no, trying to get pregnant. And he's just kind of like, oh, okay, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he's not, he's not cool like that. He's like. You got to understand something about the dude here. Um, <laughs> but she's like, I don't need anything from you. I don't, you know, I'm not looking for anything. You know, I just want to have a baby and you're here. And <laughs> that seemed convenient. <laughs> no, I, I really, I really liked her. She's a very strong female character. Um, I kind of hate that. A strong female character. She's a strong character. <laughs> When she picks up the phone, when like, um, Re- is it Rex Nottingham knocks? It's when Knox like, she's like t- speaking like Chinese or something, and then she's like laughing, and then like Knox is on the phone and he's like laughing, and like the dude is just like, what the hell's going on? She's way smarter than the dude, which isn't really hard. However, she's way smarter than probably most of us. So, yeah. I like that about her. They, I read this on internet. I don't know if this is true or on not. Internet. On internet. Because um, it looks like the Coen Brothers. Not bro- on the internet. On internet. The, the, Coen, the Coen Brothers like kind of like have their people they want to use. Jeff Bridges hasn't been used besides this movie. I read that like they were looking at Mel Gibson for... The dude at one point, <laughs> which you know, which which you know what I mean. Shannon's laughing right now, but I mean, Mel Gibson was like one of the biggest stars like in the world and in, in the nineties. And I mean, well, they they did a lot with George Clooney, and I think like George Clooney 
took the place of Mel Gibson in, in terms of stardom and the types of movies. Um, so I think maybe, I don't know, I can't, I can't see that. It's hard to imagine that. I just want to reiterate. <laughs> Mel Gibson's maybe like too much of a, maybe too good looking and kind of like doesn't pull off the dude the way Jeff Bridges just kind of like seeps into it. He's not yeah. the character actor that he is. He's, all, he's always Mel Gibson. He's always Mel Gibson. He doesn't play anybody really other than Mel Gibson. Um, yeah, I couldn't. I, I don't see him having that range. So the doggy bag. What's your takeaway oh, from wait, the film? What? Wait, before you go, get go into that, um, okay. I want I want to go back to your note saying cops are nice. Well, the cops. <laughs> <laughs> When the, when the cop is and like, that's all it says is cops are nice. <laughs> he's like, well, when the cops are like, okay, so what was in the car and like what what's what's the color and then like, and, and my rug was stolen. It's like, was your rug in the car? And it's like, no, here separate incidents. Yeah. Like, um, it was just like that one cop. The other cop was like rolling his eyes. They're, it's still pretty good though. It's still um, they're pretty good. And I like I like when I like when he yeah recovers the car and he's like, but your tape deck and credence <laughs> whatever when, when, credence CD or whatever credence tape is still there. So there's that. When I when I was out of college and I didn't have a job, I was like chatting up some girl at a bar, and she was like, "What do you do?" And I was like. I'm unemployed. And like, I thought it would be like just jokey and like, like a big Lebowski line. And like, yeah, I didn't get any kind of reaction. Not, not a she, good reaction. She didn't want to have your babies. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, she wasn't coming at you. Yes. Like, yeah, Lo- Scotty, love me. <laughs> love me. That's my robe. <laughs> okay. okay. Now you can talk about doggy bag. Okay, I the, just wanted to go back to that. The doggy bag. What's your takeaway from the film? What's the legacy? I think uh, have an innocence in your regard of the world. Things will work out pretty much the same as they always have, minus a rug. That's what I got. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't know. Um, if, if, if times are hard, then just make sure you don't get a gutter ball. Get a gutter ball? Don't, oh. get, don't get a gutter We did not reach that at <laughs> all tonight. There were a lot of gutter balls. I feel like the small child wearing the recesses in shirt did way better than we did. <laughs> we shouldn't talk about who I, I, I want to be so ha- I want to be as happy as he was when he hit some pins oh my in my life about anything in my life. That was pure joy. That was pure joy. He's like eight years old, and, and that was the happiest he's Gosh. ever Gosh. Uh. Just knocking stuff over makes me happy. Twenty twenty, everyone. Happy twenty twenty. I think the Big Blasky, a lot of people on their peak performances, but also this movie. There's no other movie like this I can even compare it to. Complete original. It's not even like maybe the Coen Brothers' like best movie. It's not even like their peak. I mean, there's like a ton of other things they've done. So, wow. What do you think, Sharon? Oh, uh, well. I think Scotty said it where it was just like, you know, it, it's something where after I saw The Big Lebowski, I realized that, you know, these two directors will create really great movies from here on out. So, a few beers, a few laughs, our troubles are over. 
The show's over, but I'm staying. I'm finishing my coffee. Sundown, shining in 